So let's talk about networking with senior people. Um, in a previous podcast, I mentioned that uh, we will cover it in a in a follow-up podcast. So this is that podcast. And we'll talk about networking with senior people. And I've said before, um, if you want to have an impact, if you want your resume to be seen, network with the senior person. A junior person may not have the power. Um, read uh, the, up the, the previous podcast about why we don't recommend networking with junior people, except under certain conditions which are very limiting conditions. So when you network with a senior person, I, I invariably you're going to find the senior people are more friendly. They, their job is to find talent. So that's one reason they'll be friendly. They're looking out and they know talent doesn't always come from the same schools. Second, they represent the firm, right? So they are meant to be friendly and put forward a friendly demeanor. Third, they don't see their value as being just having worked at BCG. And they know it's not enough to just work at BCG or McKinsey. They know 60%, 70% of those people are going to be managed out. You know, what determines whether you're a great consultant? It's not just working there, but doing great work and progressing through the firm. So they're definitely more friendly and more open-minded and more willing to talk to you. And provided you approach them correct, it would be a very, very uh, rude uh, principal or a partner who ignores or director who ignores your message. Uh, But I do find from, you know, just the way people engage us and ask for help, most people don't know how to write basic emails or even hold a basic conversation. The first mistake I find most people make when they network with senior people or, or with any level is they want to show their interest. I always ask people, why do you want to network with this person? And they say, well, I want to show my interest for BCG. Really? You really think that you're doing your MBA or you're doing a business degree and, and BCG and McKinsey and Bain don't think you're interested in them? If you're doing your MBA, my God, you are definitely interested in a consulting firm or investment bank. In fact, all those ones who don't end up there and tell you they're they, you know, happy they didn't because they probably couldn't get in. It's very few people that um, start their MBA programs not interested in management consulting and investment banking, whether it's trading or the actual investment banking side of the business. So, try, so having a call just to tell a firm you are interested is a little bit like calling up someone to tell them that you're still alive. It serves no purpose. The mere fact that you call them means you're still alive. The mere fact that you're calling a consulting firm means you're interested. So what's the point of having the call? In fact, if you if you contact the person, that's enough to show you're interested. So why would you set up a call then to show you're interested? So don't don't bother. If that's if your strategy and your plan is to show you're interested and that's going to differentiate you, then you're obviously a little bit going down the wrong path and it's not going to help you at all. Consulting firms don't hire people who are interested in them. I can tell you that right now. They hire people they are interested in. No, And Candace always tell me, I want, I need to show my interest. Please don't do that. Don't tell them you are interested. Don't do a lot of things to tell them you are interested, right? What you need to do is you need to show them you are interested through the discussion you have. And again, Telling them you're interested is different from showing them you're interested. And what I tell people is that if you want to call up a senior partner or a principal and you want to have a discussion with them, firstly, the odds are pretty good that the person will do that. But don't come underprepared. Read up on what the partner is doing. Have good knowledge. Be able to hold a detailed discussion about some topic that you know this partner would be interested in and be able to hold a conversation. And, and Candace always told you, know, you're not, we're not assessing you when you have these calls. You are always being assessed. Do you really believe a partner is going to have a long discussion with you and is then going to uh, choose not to assess you? What does that mean? He's going to have a second discussion and use up more of his time if you didn't perform well in the first discussion? No. You are always being assessed. You are always being checked. You're always being 
tracked. You're always being benchmarked against other candidates. And really, you know, I've covered all, well, some of these topics about how to do Q&A in a networking call and so on. But I would really like if candidates had spent some time reading about a topic that I'm covering. And if you can't get my resume online, you know, as a partner, then you can obviously get it from the office. Find out what's of interest to me and talk about it. And in fact, as a principal, I would always want to know why have you chosen to speak to me directly? You know, are you just speaking to me because I'm a principal or is it an area of my work that you find interesting? And if you tell me you're just speaking to me for general reasons, I've lost some interest. A little bit. I've lost some, right? But if you, you tell me, well, I'm speaking to you directly because the area that you're working on, I find it particularly interesting. And, and please, don't speak in cliches. Go into details. Talk about a project. Talk about why you found a project interesting. Do not just recite the most interesting parts that he wrote. He obviously knows what he wrote. You don't have to tell him that. But why you found it interesting, how you would have interpreted this, what you think could have been done differently, what you think would be the implications. Have a proper discussion. Most candidates don't have depth when they speak, but you need to have that proper discussion. If you're able to have a, a networking call with a senior person in this way, it would work very well. Now, many candidates also ask us, should I do this over the phone or should I do this in person? And I always tell them, do it in person. Let me tell you why, do it in person. I remember when I was a partner, right? And I would sit down and I would take a call with a candidate. I can assure you there's like 15 people trying to get into my office. In fact, some of my people know that unless they get me when I'm sitting down, they're never going to get me for the rest of the day. So I'll have them stream into the office. They'll come in, they'll sit down, and they'll put a slide in front of me. Now, you may call that being rude, but you know, I, do have an op I did have an open door culture. I still do. And I expect people to, you know, push in if they need things because given the amount of people I'm managing, there's no way I can go and ask each one every way every day do you need help. I expect them to come to me. So what does this mean to a candidate when I'm talking to them on the phone and someone is in my office? Well invariably I'm going to come across as being distracted, right? So imagine you are talking to a partner on the phone and he appears distracted. What would you think? You would think the partner's not interested in you. You would think, well the partner's not paying attention he doesn't like you. Now that's why calls should be, um, uh, networking sessions with senior people should be in person, not because, um, you know, of any reason more than the fact that when you meet them in person, you have their undivided attention. And if they are being distracted by someone, at least you know why they are being distracted. And you can adjust your body language and you adjust your, your discussion to cater for that. But when you cannot see those things, you sometimes can extrapolate a behavior that you don't understand to mean someone's not interested in you and I can assure you it has nothing to do with that. Just about every single call I've had with a candidate I've been distracted at some point. And I always tell the candidate, you know, someone's just walked into my office so um, you may hear some noises but sometimes I forget. And imagine the poor candidate on the end of the line, you know, my voice breaks and I, I I'm doing something else in the background. It's quite obvious when someone's doing something else in the background. And they just think, well, the partner wasn't interested in me, therefore I shouldn't apply. So I always encourage you when you meet principals and very senior people, try to meet in person. If you're, going, if you're forced to meet over the phone, expect that there could be some of the reasons why... Um, people are, are not you know, paying sufficient attention to you. Uh, the other thing you may want to consider here is that um, when you want to book these meetings with senior people, don't do it more than a week in advance. You know, the clients come first. 
um, on a daily basis. So what happens if you book something? I have it, I've had candidates who try to book a meeting four weeks in advance. You book a meeting four weeks in advance and you're basically guaranteeing the meeting is going to be pushed back. I've had candidates who book a meeting a week and a half, two weeks in advance with me because they think they're booking in advance. It's better. But it's not better. I've had candidates where I will move a meeting seven times with them. Even now, with firms consulting, if people try to book too early in advance, I'll tell them our window for booking is only four days. Anything more than that, and we cannot even guarantee where in the world we will be. So if you want to meet us, fine. We can do it over the phone, but more than four days, I think, not recommended. Most people know, with me, I tell them, ping me 24 hours before you want to speak with me, because that's the only window period we have. Same with partners. You book anything more than a week to a week and a half in advance and you're almost guaranteeing it's going to be shifted. So what you should do is that if you want to speak to a partner, send them a message and try to give them a four-day runway in terms of your schedule. Four days is manageable. It's on the top of their head. Four weeks out and the partner's not managing their diary. Their PA is going to be managing it. So you want to give the partner timing that works for you. But by and large, when you speak to a partner, don't pick it generically. Pick them based on work you find interesting. And again, telling me something 15 times is interesting doesn't make it interesting. Tell me why you think it is interesting. I want to see your interpretation of things. Do not recite my own work. That really annoys me when a candidate reads my work and they say, I found this interesting for this reason and this is the parts I found interesting in your paper. Good, you can read. Now tell me why you found it fascinating? What what would be your interpretation? What did you like with the analysis? What did you disagree? What do you think are the implications? That's the kind of discussion you want to have because you do want to impress a partner at the end of the day. At the end of the day, if you sound good on the phone with a partner, he's going to help you get an interview. That's that's what we're looking for, right? I've had candidates whose parents have called me to try to get them interviews. That's not a joke. Their parents have called me, they've tried to get them interviews, and some of those candidates I've dismissed, but one or two, they actually turn out to be really impressive. And, you know, I was going to dismiss them because I thought, you know, why is the parent calling me? But then I just realized the parents are quite involved in their kids' lives. It's not that there's anything wrong with their kids. Their kids are actually exceptional. You know, these are tiger moms. They just want to be involved, but it's, it's no judgment on their children because their children are on a level that's, you know, off the charts. But the point is when you network with a senior person, have depth, have substance. Um, don't just read their resume and say, you know, I like the fact that you work in the oil and gas sector and that's of interest to me. Really? Is this what a, six, a show for 16-year-old schoolgirls? You need to have depth. If you say you are interested in oil and gas sector, you need to be able to talk on the oil and gas sector. And I don't just mean about a report. You need to give me your own insights. I've had people who are, you know, managers at Ernest and Young, PwC, and they'll write, they'll tell me how much they're an expert on a sector like national oil companies, and I'll ask them one question. So tell me one interesting or fascinating development in the oil and gas sector and they can't even hold that conversation. Telling me you're an expert doesn't make you an expert. You've got to show it through the depth of your understanding. And people and and you know, the obvious next question, how do you show that? There's no one answer. It's a style of speaking, you know how heavily we push communication. But it's also knowing this topic at hand. And the other one is being able to be to be able to break down topics as you talk about it. There's always going to be topics that come up where you don't have the background information. You don't go out and read Wikipedia for twenty hours to learn the background information. You develop a, a style of speaking whereby you can ask guiding questions to the person who you're having a discussion with and then build a conversation from that. But at the end of the day, people that's always that have always impressed me will be someone who's had a, who has an exceptional resume is always going to impress me. But then how they speak after they've 
gotten an opportunity to speak with me because when people send an interview when people send me an email they always attach a resume which i appreciate i don't like it when people don't attach a resume it annoys me you know because then i've got to send a response saying could you kindly attach a resume and in fact it's not being rude i mean i wouldn't want to speak to someone who has no hope in hell of getting an interview even getting into the firm so i would want to look at their resume so make sure your resume is formatted written well and so on and and most services online cannot write resumes so you need to think very carefully about how your resume is prepared when you send it into a partner. But by and large, getting a discussion with a partner is far easier than getting an, a discussion with a junior person. And getting uh, results from talking to a partner is orders of magnitude more useful than talking to a junior person. So always target principals, partners, directors, senior partners when you want to increase your chances of getting an interview. Junior people, nice. Maybe you can use them as a dummy run, you know. Talk to them to get familiar with how to have these networking calls but when you want results go to senior people but make it count by being prepared as always i'll be happy to take any comments or questions